Welcome to the Glam Life Podcast, where we empower and inspire beauty professionals to take their careers to the next level. Your host, Victoria, is a certified business coach with over a decade of experience in the beauty industry, helping countless beauty professionals start and grow successful businesses. Now she's sharing her knowledge and expertise with you. Whether you're just starting out in the beauty industry or looking to take your business to new heights, this podcast is for you, covering topics like community, management, branding, and much more. So join us on this journey to build the beauty business of your dreams. Hello, friends. Hi, it's me, Victoria. I am your host, Victoria Rocca. If you know me on Instagram, I am Victoria.Glam. I own the Microblading Institute and I own Brow Sister PMU products. And I talk to you on Monday mornings about your business, your business goals, and what I think you should be doing to reach them. Uh, what makes me uh, the ambassador for all things business? Well, because I said so. I am your mother. I don't remember the rest of that song, but whatever. I, Christian was in it. It's very cute. Good job. If you haven't seen it, check out Megan Trainer's TikTok. <laughs> anyway, today we're going to be talking about specifically one of my passions, um, product development. So when I first started Brow Sister PMU products, let me tell you something. I was not um, going to play it small. I always had a big picture vision for Brow Sister PMU products. I always knew it was going to be something much bigger than just the first product. And when I first started my first beauty business, I named it after myself because I was the only one who worked there, right? So we were Victoria Glam Permanent Cosmetics. And that became a problem later as I wanted to grow the business because everybody wanted to book with Victoria and not necessarily with people who worked for me even though I taught them and they're just as good as me if I mean Taylor I think is actually a little bit better than me at something so um, I didn't want to play it small off the bat when I started thinking about products so I didn't call it pink gel numbing I called it brow sister PMU products and now of course we do actually house multiple products under this one label but I think when you are thinking about your products a lot of times it's like I'm thinking about the thing that I want to create I'm thinking about the thing that I want to put out there and you're very it's very like centric but you have to think a bigger picture than that so I would say that you should um, you should be thinking of maybe a universal brand that's going to house all of your other things because you could even take it a step bigger than brow sister PMU products and you could move into uh, the land of I mean I don't know, whatever whatever your escort might be later, it might be the Big Mac Daddy that houses all of your LLCs, right? So anyway, uh, leaving that behind, let's start at the beginning. So product development, where do you start? How do you know what to do, where to begin, find resources, even get started in this crazy thing, right? Let me tell you the story of how Pink Gel came to be. So first of all, there's, um, there's other numbing out there. I'm not, I didn't invent numbing. So I had been using happily other people's products for many years. And there became a, a, a chink somewhere in the supply chain that you couldn't get it anymore. And nobody knew when it would be back uh, in stock and nobody knew you know, where to even find. And I realized there are actually only a few big names that people know. And so when something happened with these big names and they had their supply kind of cut off everybody and there were lots of people, um, was unable to get the products that they needed for their business. So I saw a gap in the market. Anytime you see something that would be really convenient for you, you know it would be really convenient for other people, 
and it's just simply underserved, that is a gap in the market. And if you want to create something and fill that gap, I say go for it. So that's what I did. I wound up, um, obviously it had to be pink because it's me. <laughs> so everything about me has to be pink. But also I started working with formulators and getting various samples, trying to make sure two things. Number one, that it worked. And I wanted it to work really, really well. Because I don't have a huge you know, following or reputation, especially at this point. I don't even think I, I had a, a community on Instagram built just yet. I was still working on it. But also, um, I wanted to make sure that it worked really, really well because then the product kind of speaks for itself. And honestly, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be the face of the product because all of the uh, like kind of Mm, comparable numbing houses, let's say, or even PMU products, like the majority of them don't have a front man. There is no face to that label. It's just a brand name. So I wanted to make sure that the product worked really, really, really well so it could stand on its own two feet without needing a, a famous spokesperson, right? The second thing that I wanted was to make sure that not only did it work really, really well, I wanted it to work better than everyone else's. So I wanted to improve upon what I had already been using. So, you know, for instance, okay, the skin is open and we have this gel that I've been using that was a little bit thicker. So it took a little bit, okay, well then I'm going to make mine more viscous so that it, you know, penetrates the skin more quickly and provides relief. Even if it's seconds faster, it's still faster. Okay, so, you know, they have this percentage of lidocaine or epinephrine or tetracaine or they're doing a BLT combo. Like, what is the right um, kind of formula for my secondary numbing with this new viscosity that's going... So I'm getting into, like, the science of it all, right? But I, I really was considering all of these things. So that's my tip number two. Tip number one, obviously, is think big picture. Tip number two, I would say is make sure that you actually know what you're talking about and be involved in the creation of your product. If you're just going to white label something and slap your name on it, that's fine. But don't tell people, um, oh, I created this with you in mind. It's made by PMU artists for PMU artists. Shut up. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's made in China for anyone who will pay them. And, it, you know, I'm saying China because I don't want to say the name of the mass marketer, but everybody knows. And, you know, you can go there and you can pay $1,500 and get 250 bottles and everyone else can use the same exact formula. But you're going to put your company logo on it and your branding and you're going to tell people that you made it specifically for them. You didn't even make it. Get out. Pink Chow is made in the USA, baby. We have a manufacturer down in Miami. His name's Joseph. I love him. Uh, but anyway, it, it doesn't. The point is you should be very knowledgeable about your product. You don't want someone to write you and ask you a question. Can I use it on this? What should I do if this happens? And you don't know the answer because you're telling people that you created it. So how could you not know? How could you not know? Even if I don't know, I know I can call Joey. Joey knows. <laughs> Give me a break. So I think authenticity is really important when it comes to the integrity of the product, not just how well it works, but also how authentic is the marketing? How extensively were you actually involved? How much did you actually, like, did you pour your blood, sweat, and tears into this product? Great, then I'm rooting for you. Did you not? Okay, that's fine, but I'm rooting for the girl who put her blood, sweat, and tears into it. You know what I mean? So ingredients and formulations, they are incredibly important. I would say extremely important. The ingredients and formulations are really the backbone of any beauty product. Entrepreneurs need to literally carefully, carefully select the ingredients based on their benefits and effectiveness, yes, but also based on their availability because you don't want to be stuck in that same position where there's some chink in your supply system and now you can't get it, right? Right. 
Similarly, the formulation actually needs to be developed in a way that maximizes the benefits of your ingredients. So we have active ingredients, right? We've all read that on bottles. And then you have base ingredients or carriers that actually hold the product together. So like the gel itself would be a carrier product. So when I was saying to myself, I want to make sure that it penetrates the fastest, that was me really considering different viscosity levels and thicknesses of my actual gel in a way that it's still a stable mixture, but that it's going to penetrate the fastest. So if anything that I'm saying sounds like it's over your head or like it's scaring you, good. Because I want to impress upon you how important it is to actually be involved in the creation of your product and researching everything that goes into it. Because that's going to do the work for you when it comes to really being knowledgeable on the thing you want to sell. You know who does this really, really well? And she presents it very well too. Francesca Froyo, Frio. Sorry, I butchered that. Um, the lady who owns Biotech Pigments. I met. I had the pleasure of meeting her. She's from Italy, and her father is a chemist who actually created perma. Uh, sorry, who actually created Biotech Pigments, and in doing that, I think she's bought him out now that he's retired. But she's no fool. She's no heiress. She didn't simply slide into the shoes. She is actually right in there with the chemists. She is working on products. She's learning and understanding everything about them she understands what the atom is coated with why her pigments are stable why they stay true to color um, how that kind of changes things when you're actually inputting color into the skin because with other brands we happen to know whether or not they have acrylic in them or if they're pre-warmed and how they're going to actually heal down um, all that kind of stuff and biotech is more stable I guess she was saying so you have to have a heavier hand when you put it in like do more passes not use more pressure because it's going to stay that color forever so yeah yeah, yeah. so I'm, ge I'm getting really technical again sorry about that but what I'm saying is she's so knowledgeable and presents this in such a consumable way because it's old hat to her. She knows this backwards and forwards that she, she makes you so confident in her product. I turned around and spent $2,000 on biotech to redo my student kits as soon as I got home from meeting her. So I think that is something that really instills confidence in the consumer right there and the fact that you not only helped develop the product, but that you actually understand the science behind why it works, right? So if you're taking this on something that maybe doesn't need necessarily a chemist, maybe it's, uh, you know, a certain lash line that you want to create or tools for lashing or needles or something, you know, you should still be very, very involved in the process. And in order to do that, you need to find people that you can work with who you really trust. So if you wanna start out with someone who can broker a manufacturing deal for you, great, but take it a step further. Let that person make the introduction and you know help you structure your, um, your paperwork and your agreements and all that, but get your ass to the actual <laughs> manufacturing plant and and take a tour and see where your stuff is created meet the people who make your your product ask all of the good questions bring a notebook with you make sure that any frequently asked questions you get answers to directly from the chemists who are making it directly from the people who are assembling it whatever the case may be and also ask questions for things that you literally just don't know the answer to even if it sounds stupid to you because if somebody else asks you and you don't know the answer to such a stupid question do you know how embarrassing that'll be? I mean, throw me for a loop when you ask me, like, what's the pH balance of uh, the tetracaine or something along the... Um, I got to call Joey. But throw me for a loop by saying, <laughs> um, at what temperature should it be stored? First of all, it's on the label. And secondly, imagine if I didn't even know that. 
that's embarrassing. You don't want to be doing that. So I guess my final thoughts would be product development is honestly a continuous process because you're always thinking bigger picture. You're always adding to your umbrella. You're always doing the most to try and make sure that your formula stays competitive and top edge or improving your tools or um, even streamlining the assembly line process, whatever it may be. But I think that as a, an entrepreneur entering the beauty business, you should always strive to improve your products and stay ahead of the competition. It doesn't matter how tedious that might be. That's literally the job, right? Um, I think you should keep an open mind and embrace innovation and new trends in the industry while staying true to the core um, mission. So what did we start out for? Always keep that in the back of your mind. I want to make really good, very affordable products for people in the permanent makeup industry. So whenever people say, well, you could use pink cream for aesthetics as well. You could use it before injectables. You could use it for um, facials like microneedling. You know, you could sell it to um, body art tattoo salon. I could do all those things and I don't mind doing all those things. But in the back of my mind, I have to remember who I'm marketing to and who I'm creating these products for so that I don't accidentally price myself out of my base, you know, clients. Um, I want to make really good, really effective, very price efficient products for permanent makeup artists so I think yeah let's let's kind of recap and sew this all together for you right number one I want you to think big picture number two I want you to be as involved in the process as possible number three I want you to continue innovating and keep being involved in the process and learn and be as knowledgeable as you can and then number four, I would say just always go back to step number one. Just always remember who your core audience is and why you started doing this. Um, next week, I think we'll talk a little bit about how to actually sell these products once you've created them. So meet me there. But if you'd like to continue the conversation that we're currently having regarding product development itself, you can find me anytime you'd like over on Instagram. Hit up my DMs. That is victoria.glam. I'm happy to chat with you there. And I'll see you next week. I, I, I,